0: We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two,
1: three. Listen. you got to have a, like the why, and so we know our why. So I th-
2: you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yep. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help. You can get a roadmap. You can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with k and We just sat down with uh, Nick Hardwick um, for a second episode with him. Um, we had him on first with Jamie, um, the owner of Renegade. So
1: Nick Hardwick, yeah. if you don't know, was a charger center for 11 years, retired. So it was pretty cool. Um, as we're talking right now, we're staring at his um, new supplement line. Brains, joints. What's the other one? The gut. Monty was just talking about the gut life. Anyways. Monty can vouch
2: for the probiotic. She says that it's It's, fabulous.
1: And it's, if you need movement, it's moving. It'll get
2: things moving. So if you need help in that department. uh, Monty's uh, laughing over here. We endorse uh, Hardwick gut life
1: but this is a cool episode Nick Harwick is actually um the more I've gotten to spend time with him and him. Monty spends a lot of time with him super humble super cool mm-hmm. dude we went through a lot about we talked a lot about life and mindset and philosophy and kind of um going through the NFL and just not diving too deep in anything but we covered a lot of topics from investing to generational wealth to
2: his supplements it's, to kind of like his diet and that I hope him and his wife write a cookbook so we can all benefit from his healthy recipes. Um, yeah. If you guys don't follow him on Instagram, you should because he uh, eats
1: super healthy and, and delicious for, looking food too. So guys, if you're trying to get like super fit, look super healthy, he's somebody you could follow because he's very passionate about it and he's been doing it for a long time. But
2: so let's just uh, listen in and Check out all the cool topics we talked about.
1: Here we go. Let's go.
2: So Nick, thanks for coming on today. I know we had you and Jamie on the podcast last time. We talked all about Renegade and workouts, but we wanted to get you back in here and kind of talk about a little bit of uh, some other stuff that you've been working on. So, awesome!
0: Well, you yeah. caught me on a good day, all yeah. dressed up, I fancy know. pants. Yeah. I was on the news and sports radio this morning. I even have my makeup on. Yep. Wow! No gym Holy smokes! This is laughing at me. Hey, you. this race needs makeup.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, your pores look really good. Yeah, so
1: good enough. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, since last time, I don't even time. know what that means. That means you look good. Yeah, I'll take young. It. Yeah, yeah, young, vibrant, fresh. Yeah, since the last podcast, I'm doing renegade five days a week.
0: Yes, and I've slimmed, I've slimmed down. You have you did say you were going to start I've been, hitting I've been, it really hard. I've yeah. slimmed down to about two three days a week. How's that going? It's great. I've been focusing more. Every expert that I talk to on my podcast, every single one. What's the number one thing you should do in your life? Sleep more. And eventually, after years of not sleeping and deprivation, and I got an EEG, which is a brain scan. We talked about it a while back, like a brain treatment that I had gotten. And then I went and got another brain scan, and this doctor was evaluating, and he goes, years of sleep deprivation. I can see it right here. And so right when he said that, I was like, I know I was doing it, but it was also like kind of a badge of honor that I don't need much sleep and I can still charge hard. And he goes, I can see it in your brain function right here. So when he said that, I was like, that's enough. I'm going to start sleeping.
1: So what does that look like now? The more sleep? I feel great. What, what I need so less what caffeine. Time you go bed?
0: I go to bed at about nine, nine thirty, 30 and I wake up at about six, six thirty. 30. So that's good. I'm getting lots of sleep in. Do which you notice
1: is- a huge difference?
0: I do. Yeah. I feel good. I feel fresh. I'm happy. I don't have moments in the afternoon where it's like, Oh God, I'd love to take a nap. I don't have any of that.
2: It's funny. Cause Kenny's kind of like that too. Like he doesn't need much sleep. And I guess it kind of is this badge of honor. Cause I'm like, he jokes about how he wakes up at three 30 in the morning, but he says it's easy for him. I'm like, it's not easy for us. That's why you get up at three 30, but he, he can go on like five, six hours of sleep. But sometimes too, though, I'm tired. Thing. I'm like, yeah. sometimes
1: we're going, I'm going to bed like eight 30 and people, oh yeah but i'm like i'm getting up at 3 30 but i so it's funny last time you guys were on here you guys talked a lot about recovery yes which i probably was like oh i just work out seven days because i think for you and i talked about it, it's more of the mental thing sometimes yes. the physical true and then i started saying Chris was like you should probably listen to them because they probably know a little bit more you about gave you gave them permission yeah
2: to take a break but that isn't, nope. isn't
1: that it a lot of so times recovery, it's like i just need permission to yeah. do the something. recovery's been different but so i got sick whatever a month ago or three weeks ago and i just said okay i'm not even gonna work out get up early i'm just gonna just let it go so i ended up taking two weeks off and my and i noticed i'm like my body really recovered i slept well i wasn't as sore so i'm back working out and i was like always kind of sore and couldn't get over it and that actually gave me enough time to recover and i'm working out just as hard it's actually more intense i feel like a renegade now
0: yes because you can because you can go a little bit harder, right? So okay. people would take measurements and do like an HRV, which is a heart rate variability and wake up and be super scientific about it. But basically what it means is if you rest more, you can train harder or if you fuel properly, you can train harder. So people come in on a diet or whatever, and they're trying to cut back on calories, and they're not putting enough carbohydrates in their diet to be able to go hard. You think you're going hard, you're going as hard as you can based on the fuel that you have in your body, but if you actually fueled properly, you could go much harder, or if you rested a little bit better, you could even go harder. So I think you start to figure out that dynamic. It's like, how many days do I really need in there if I'm allowing proper rest and recovery and giving my body what it needs, and then I can go harder for a shorter period of time and then enjoy life. Cause I think that's one thing that like we get a little bit misconstrued and being a gym owner. I mean, of course I love people coming to the gym, but we do get it a little messed up. And I think CrossFit really started this trend is that the gym is life. If the gym is life, I love it in there. It gives me great energy, but what's the gym adding to my life, not, that's a good point. Not just going to the gym and like, okay, that's the end of the line. It's like, is the gym allowing me to be a better skier, giving more, me more energy as a dad. Is it going to make me healthier for longer so I can enjoy all of life's wonderful experiences? Because if not, I think we're doing it wrong. And I think we've got that paradigm all messed up in our head
2: and you're right because i think it's it's just like a shift in mindset because so many of us want to say like i go hard i go to the gym six days yes. a week and it's like a, it is it's kind of like you're bragging a little bit about how hardcore you are totally when really you're like not giving your body what it needs
0: yes or you, we go in there and we go super hard and then you got to go home because you're just wiped out your <laughs> cortisol levels are way high in your body and you're just trying to eat because you're sore and you're hurting and it's like are, are we having net positives or are we having net negatives? Like I like to right. look at everything in life as a net positive or a net negative. Are you adding to, or are you taking from right. on the whole, like at the moment you may be having a positive experience, but if you're going too hard in your whole life, that may end up being a net
1: negative.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. No, it's, um, it's, it's interesting to say that because I think you're right. It's like, um a lot of people if you look at these i sometimes i see people and they're like super fit and then i look at their workout schedules i'm like that's all they work out they're like i do this i take a day off i do this it's not like you would think they're seven days a week running mountains crushing it and i think they've learned over time like i actually don't need to do that
0: yes like but that's mastery right so when you when you start something out and you're a newborn in it there's a little bit of beginner's luck and you have a ton of success but you're just doing the fundamentals. And then kind of as you go along that learning curve, you start to incorporate more dynamic things and and then eventually you come back to a mastery level where you can just strip it once again all the way back to the fundamentals and you don't need all the extras. You don't need to be seven days a week. You don't. You've figured out what works in your world and you just do that over and over again until it stops working. And then you switch it up a little bit and you make these shifts. And that's real mastery is coming back to a beginner's like state where all I have to worry about is just the fundamentals and the basic techniques. And that will get me what I'm really looking for.
1: I mean, um, so you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, the more we kind of get to know you, I know, Monty, you're working with him, but um, you just launched his product line. You're doing a podcast. You do Fox. You do radio. You're an investor. Yes. So... Um, I think one of the things that we thought was really cool about you is we've got to meet athletes or people that have come out of a career. It could just be somebody that just worked in a, in a they were a doctor, attorney, or a lawyer or just in a job and they come out and they retire and they have nothing to come to Yes, and they either die or they're like, this is boring. And they go back. You've kind of come out of a career where you're like, you physically have to work. And after that, if you don't set something up, you're either don't have money and you got to go do something or you got to figure stuff out. Like... How have you kind of done the transition from, like, NFL to, like, now in the reality of, like, the real civilian world? Life. Like, yeah. Civilian life. Yeah, civilian life, <laughs> Yeah, I don't
0: think it, it was a smooth transition. I was ready for the transition, but then when it smacks you in the face, the reality that you're no longer an NFL player.
2: There's that psychology behind it, It's right?
0: brutal, yeah. yeah. I mean, the whole thing, like, I wanted for my entire NFL career, I played 11 years with the Chargers, and my whole time I knew how dangerous it was to really get intertwined with the identity of being a football player. And I knew because I was part of the players union out of my 11 years, I was the rep for the chargers for oh, wow. nine of those years. One of my mentors, his name is Roman Oben. He's in charge of NFL youth football now, and he was a fantastic mentor. So he's like, you really want to be a part of this because of the guys you get to be around and all the lessons you get to learn and everything. And what that had my eye on from my second year on in the league was the transition out because it's a really dangerous time in a lot of players' life. And I knew that I needed to be very wary of wrapping me, Nick Hardwick, into the identity of being a football player. So I tried my damnedest to be Nick Hardwick who plays football. Like when people would ask me what I did, I was like – I, I was very hesitant to be like, oh, I'm a football player. I, this is what I do for a living. Because I knew how dangerous that was. Yet after eleven years and which is a long career. Yes, it, right? And I'm an all in guy. Like everything I do, I want to give my all to. Like awesome. here's my soul. I'm gonna commit completely to this thing because I feel like it's the only chance you have of being successful is fully giving yourself into it. Like Bobby Ross at Junior Sales funeral ceremony at Qualcomm Stadium he said he's like you're either the chicken or the pig at breakfast the chicken donates his eggs the pig gives his life and that's how I always felt really successful people are it's not just what you do it's who you are and you really embody what you're doing and that allows the success you're kind of creating that I guess it would be like Oprah's secret." or the book, The Secret. It's like yeah. when you start embodying what you're doing, that's when you're gonna have all the success. Yet I knew it was dangerous, but after all that time, I just I realized like two months into my retirement, I was like, oh crap, I was Nick Hardwick, the football player, not Nick Hardwick who played football. Right. And I have to find a new identity. I had stripped all my weight off, which I think helped me realize that I can't go back. There's no turning back. I'm not going to be an NFL lineman anymore. I was down 85 pounds. That's not (laughs) happening. So what are we going to do now? I immediately, upon retirement, had a job at the local radio station. I was on the Classic Rock Channel. Mm -hmm. And I was there 3 to 6 p.m., Monday to Friday. And I was like, this is what they told us to do. It's be prepared, have a transition in mind, be ready to go. I was kind of following the game plan and the blueprint. And then two months into that, there was a, I think it was a Saturday morning, I just melted down in front of Jamie, my wife, and I basically wow. was like, I don't know what's happening. Like I was a blubbering fool and and this is kind of a funny story now, but I remember looking at her and I was like, I'm going to give you everything but a million dollars and I'm going to go to Nicaragua and I'm just going to see what happens. And she's she looked at me and I think she had so much strength and conviction because we had two really small boys at the time. And it was it's funny now, but it was dead serious then. Like I was in a really, really dark place. It was like not suicidal, but everything but suicidal. And so when I told her that, she looked at me and she kind of looked around the room. We're in the kitchen. We got one little boy sleeping and the other one's like playing in the living room. She's like, no, you're not. She's like, we're going to get you help. We're going to figure out what's going on. And you're gonna be here for this family. And she's basically like smacked me. It's like, you're not doing that. And so I went immediately, called my co-host at the radio station, called my boss, was like, hey, I'm not coming in Monday, and I'm not coming in any day after that anytime soon. I need to figure this out. Wow. And so Jamie got me set up with a doctor, went to a doctor, had my blood levels checked. So I thought I was doing everything right, right? I lost all the weight, everything was good, I was fit, I was eating really well, life was good. And my strength coach, when I first came into the NFL, warned me. He said, when you get done playing, be very careful in the in the several months that follow. And it really hit me. It was like, oh, I've got problems with my hormones. So yeah. when you get done fighting every day and going in and pumping heavy weights and firing up the, the male hormones that we count on, and then it just, just stops just to be us. And then it's cut off. Like that falls off of a cliff, which is super dangerous, which is when I went and got my blood checked, I had the male sex hormones of a 92 year old. And Jeez. the doctor's like, how are you here? Yeah, And I said, well, just, we need some help. And so we got all that sorted out. Thankfully, the radio station, the cluster called back and said, hey, we've got an opportunity for you to be the sideline reporter for the upcoming season. It was my going to be my first season out. I think it could be really good for you. It could be really good for us. And I said, I'd love to have it. Thanks for calling me. Great opportunity. And then I kind of got into calling games as a color analyst for two years when the Chargers left San Diego and went up to L.A. I followed them up there for a year, but wow. my heart wasn't in it up there. I just didn't feel near as emotionally attached to it. And my boys were getting of the age where I was missing weekends with them, which to me is just not worth it because mm-hmm. all along I, I said, since they were born, the thing I value most was my family and my boys and Jamie, mm-hmm. and I wasn't aligning what I was doing with what I said I was valuing. And so that was really inauthentic to me. So I put down that Chargers gig continued on Sports Talk Radio here, and that transitioned into like finding my real passion is talking to super smart people and picking their brains and brain health, body health, and kind of the transition that I went through and trying to find ways that guys didn't have to suffer like I suffered because I was a prime candidate, really, to continue to go have success because I did everything exactly as you should so I know guys who didn't have a long, stable career and take care of their finances or have good personal relationships, how dangerous it really could be. If it was dangerous for me, how dangerous was it for yeah, them? for sure. And then for regular people transitioning jobs or just living life or having young kids and stress and all of life kind of just hits you at once in a moment, you're able to keep it back as much as you can and then all of a sudden you feel overwhelmed. So you know, the podcast came about and then I, once again, I was like, I want to go all in on this thing. And that's kind of where we're, here
2: it sounds like your wife too was just like a major support because she kind of gave you that swift kick in the ass that you needed yes and not every player has that either i -hmm. mean some they might have other people in their life that kind of just go along with it okay we'll just go and then how long would that spiral be if you didn't have somebody to be like uh no we're gonna yeah because how do you i mean it seems like now i mean with all the things that you've done as far as like Testing and things with doctors is that you learn from testing your hormones and everything. I mean, how could you have possibly known that unless you went and got those tests? I mean, you would have just thought you were losing it, going crazy, and you're like, no, this is actually like my chemistry totally is off.
0: You would have thought you were just going badass crazy, Mm -hmm. and for a moment, I did. Mm -hmm. I, I really thought that I was like, I'm just losing my mind. A football's gone. I've lost my identity, and maybe the the damage that I did in football is irreparable at this point. And turns out it's not. My brain is functioning. And how many players have gone through
2: that? Oh,
0: gosh. The the exact same thought process and go, well, that's just football. Yeah. Instead of going, okay, I did play football. Yes, there was damage that was done. But what can I do in retrospect to go back and try to clean up or help work around some of the issues that I may have caused myself? Mm Mm-hmm. And and you're right, though, 100 percent without Jamie, one, we wouldn't be anywhere near the position that we are as a family and the way we care and love for one another and the way our home environment works. We wouldn't be where we are from a financial standpoint, because I think just having somebody like her who's very grounded and very normal and doesn't like material things just for me that's incredible and then she she values health and knows enough to help continue to push me in the right direction and then or she gives it to me and she understands me enough to go here Nick here's some
1: information
0: and then she knows that I'm going to take it I'm going to devour it and I'm going to really go somewhere with it it sounds like you guys have an awesome
1: behind life. every amazing man's a more amazing woman totally. and you find that more and more really yes. it's like it's it, I don't know it's like why that is but it's like it, it's it's just it works yes and I think a lot of it's um that's one of my fascinations is is like I think is the whole generational wealth and setting yourself up but I think a lot of it I always tell people they're like how do I get started and we always say the first thing to start is the mindset because you have to change it even with it's the same thing if you're going to go play football or come out of football it's the mindset but it's like but you have to get in the mindset to want to go get the help and go through that and the testing and all that if yes. you're not into it, if you just go to Nicaragua and go run in the jungle for and a go year check out yeah you're done yeah you're done you're done your mind so I tell people it's all mindset and then you got to get a plan but I think it's just with anything and like you have a wife that just has a mindset that just kept you grounded and like, I'm here. We're here. Yes. it's a rock. You don't yeah. need to go. Or at least you
2: can be that for each other. Like one day she might need that from you. Yes. You know, so it's. Yeah. Just, and I really do hope.
0: I, I hope it never happens that right. she needs me. But I do hope to be there and be ready to handle whatever comes. That's exactly it. It's like being tough, being resilient and being able to help one another. That's why we get into this whole marriage thing in the first place is really to lean on one another to encourage one another and i i think as much as anything to make each other the best versions of ourselves that we can it's not to change we're not going to change anybody's personality but we can enhance we can highlight the positive aspects and we can kind of mute down a little bit the negative aspects and i think we can give each other the balance that one person doesn't have, the other person does provide. And as a unit, we're much better than we are solo.
2: Yeah, and I think that's like one thing Kenny and I have talked about a lot is like sometimes you can't see the forest through the trees. So knowing kind of your partner's potential and helping them to see it yes. over time because, you know, sometimes that you are in that place where you feel hopeless and you're like, oh, I actually do have this because your mind is a really powerful thing. I mean, it's easy to say you need the mindset, That's really easy to say, but the mind is really powerful. You can convince yourself of almost anything. So when you're in that place and you're feeling down and out, you can just keep going down that road and not pull yourself back out of it.
0: Having somebody to hold you accountable, I think is huge. And Mm -hmm. I think waking up to somebody like I've realized in the last several months that everything I do in my life is geared to make Jamie happy first and foremost, and my boys happy second. And I tell the boys that. It's like when they're back there bickering or something and I get mad at them, I go, you do realize every time I raise my voice, it's because I feel your mom's getting upset at you. And I don't want her to be upset. Everything I do is geared to make her happy and then them. And I always let them know I choose her before I choose you Uh because she was my best friend before you came in here.
2: That's smart, though. I mean, you have to do that. I think there's a lot of families out there, and I know we're kind of getting off – Track, but there are a lot of families out there where the you know parents, one or both, choose the children first, and then your relationship yeah. suffers because you're like we're first before our kids. Because yes. kind of like put the mask on first before you put it on your children. Exactly. Yeah. You, you got to be exactly. healthy here yeah. for your kids to be healthy.
0: Create the healthy yeah. environment yeah. to live in, and if we have a healthy relationship, they can then see what healthy relationships look like, and then they can go out in the world and they can continue to interact and Uh find relationships that look like that because what do we all do is we mirror And we model what we see. Whether we like it or not. And what we grew up in. Yeah, Yeah. whether you
2: want to. I mean, how many people are walking around out there too that didn't have great family relationships and they go, I never want that. And they're exactly that. Yes. So it's really tough to break those habits that you're used to growing up around. Yeah, we talk about that all the time with kids. You know,
0: back back to the accountability. I think one thing's holding each other accountable. And then I think the other thing, like you said, is letting them know what you see in them. Because as an individual, it's really hard to know who you are in the world. I think it's a very rare specimen who knows who they are and how they're viewed and how other people see them and to be able to just be completely genuine like that. So if you've got a partner who's willing to say and be honest, I think is a really difficult part to do in a loving relationship. It's very hard to be honest and frank and sincere and also do it in a loving manner, which encourages them to be better. But I think Like we've all been lucky that we've had people in our lives, whether it's our spouses or coaches or parents or somebody who said, I believe you can do this. And all it takes is that one little person or that one person to give you that little nugget that says, I believe in you, go do something big. And I, I think I've been blessed my entire life to have that. I had my dad do that, and when I was done listening to my dad, it became my high school wrestling coach. <laughs> when I was done listening, when I was done with high school wrestling, it became my football coaches in college, and then I had an oh, offensive line coach or three in the NFL who were like, "Nick, you can be really special. You should do that." And then uh-huh. you make those choices then to go. Kind of live up to their expectations that they've now given you.
2: Well, I think it's natural for us to all second guess ourselves too, yes. like in that moment. So when you get that extra, like that permission. Yes. Kenny, you can rest.
1: Yes. <laughs> you can do yeah.
2: this. Oh, so yeah. you're like, thank God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can do I can? this. <laughs> oh,
1: thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, and it kind of goes with anything that you're trying to do. It's like we all second guess ourselves in those moments. Mm-hmm. And then it's like having that kind of extra support there to be like, no, you, you do have this. You got this. Yes. Go for it.
0: Yes. Continue. And, and continued reassurance too, I think is a huge thing Mm -hmm. because no matter how much success you have still on the back end for a lot of successful people, there's a lot of doubt. Like I go to Fox five in the morning and and I still, at times, it's not every time I go on there, but at times I have to remind myself, calm down. You're going to live. You're going to make it through this. So I used to have a massive fear of public speaking. Mm And then now I'm doing public speaking. I had a gig get canceled last night because of the coronavirus. But it was like, I have to continually remind myself. It's like, you've done this a bunch before. You're going to be fine. In fact, go back and remember the last several of them. You had a lot of fun and you couldn't sleep afterwards because your adrenaline was going. What a great feeling to feel alive. So go in with it, understanding that, yes, you have trepidation, but at the end of this you're going to be so thankful you did it because you're going to feel plugged into the universe. You're going to feel alive.
2: Well, I think it's good if you it's I was just saying I'm interested to see what kind of positive things have come out of football for you because I feel like there's there's things that are really tough about football mm-hmm. and then there's things that have probably helped you a ton in oh. the way that you work with people and deal with people and like that kind of positive self-talk is so helpful to have because I say all the time, but there's, there's a lot of noise out there too. It's like you hear from one person, do it this way and then do it that way. And then this is right, but that's wrong. And then this is right. You know, so I think it's easy for us to doubt ourselves now, especially in the world of like social media and having access to everything Yes, you can find. If there's something you're thinking, you can find something online to justify to where you're To support it. That's yes. exactly
0: right. So kind yeah, whether of ending, it's negative or it's positive, right. yeah, you yeah. Can, you yeah. can yeah. find either or. Yes. Yeah, you can feel like a reason to sit around and mope and feel bad for yourself, or you can feel a reason to get off your ass and get back to work. And yes, you had humbling lessons taught to you. Yes, but these are just steps along the way. And I think that for me was the greatest lesson that the NFL could give me was it was very humbling, and I, I get a, the opportunity frequently to speak to the chargers rookies as they're coming in and one thing yeah, cool. that I, one thing that i'm sure to tell them every single time is i have a little powerpoint presentation that i give them and one of the last slides after kind of going through here was the day-to-day here's how i like to game plan and strategize and here's what i think about finances and and then at the end of the presentation i put up a strand of dna and i said at the end of the day you're just really freaking lucky you're really lucky that you had the right parents to give you the DNA that gave you the physical tools necessary to be in this room. But remember this, you're no better than anybody else in this world, and don't forget that. You may make a bigger paycheck, and for whatever reason at this time in the human cycle of life, people show up in mass to watch you guys beat your heads together. <laughs> yeah. But it doesn't make you better than anybody else. It doesn't make you worse than anybody else, but you're just a human. And so – Treat the janitors with kindness and respect like they're your mother, your sister, your brother, your father. Treat the people who pack your Ooh. bags for road trips with great respect for what they're doing for you. You're not better than any of these human beings. You are just happen to be at a job. And I this came to me because my brother for the longest time was a construction worker. And now he manages projects and he's doing fantastic. But mm-hmm. Matt said something to me one day that was like, it really rung a bell and it, it kind of struck a chord really deep in me. My parents had a picture of me in college standing with my hands in glory on the goal line as we just scored a game winning touchdown over our rival Indiana university. I went to Purdue boiler up and that picture was at there at my parents' home for a long time, like right by the fireplace. And it was a big picture and it was blown up. And my brother's like, he kept joking, but I knew it, it, it didn't sit super well with him. He's like, where's my picture of me coming out of the manhole cover, like working the electrical, working for the cable company or whatever he was doing at the time. He's done so many different things. And he's like, where's my picture, mom and dad. But it part of that just hits so hard with me. There's like, damn, I'm lucky like that people care or they put that picture in the newspaper. It's like, but we don't glorify just the standard worker. Who's, yeah. who's also, like in their own way, really heroic that they can still get up, find joy in the day-to-day, and go do what a lot of us like athletes would perceive as mundane jobs and continue to do it with a smile on their face and providing for their families and all that. So that was kind of the message that I like to give rookies is like, hey, don't forget you're not better than anybody. You're not better than anybody in your family. You're not better than anybody who's – what we would call like serving you so you can simply go out on the day-to-day and just do do your your best, just do your job and focus only on football. Like we didn't have to worry about our food. We didn't have to worry about booking hotels or flights or anything. They gave us, in fact, every single work week on Wednesday morning at the start of the work week, they would give us a three page sheet that would say, here's your daily schedule broken into 15 minute increments. Wow! But can you imagine? Mm-hmm. So think about transitioning out. It's like, oh, I where's got, my schedule? I, <laughs> is anybody gonna put together a weekly itinerary yeah, yeah. for me? Is where's, anybody where's gonna strategize? Yeah. Like, what's my game plan for success here? Wow! So I think the first thing that it really gave me was the just such a humbling nature about the game. Like, you're gonna get your ass kicked. There's going to be people who are better athletes who are smarter who are faster or stronger who come in with a better game plan. And then there's going to be moments where you just drop the ball, like where you are not. We call it now the goat. Like, hey, he's Tom Brady's the goat. It's like greatest of all time. Like, no, we used to call it the goat was like the dude who had the bad play, who cost the team. Yeah. Like I had a huge one of those in 2000. God, it was 2011 in Kansas City on Monday Night Football on halloween night and we were down it was a tie game we were on their 15 yard line minute three to go in the game all we had to do was take a knee was first down on their 15 all we had to do was take a knee and i fumbled a snap because we tried to run a play we fumbled philip rivers and i fumbled the snap and we ended up losing the game in overtime because they got the ball back like we were going to take three knees kick a field goal game was over I tried to do like a hero play and get this block and I thought we were going to score a walk-off touchdown and woo, everyone was going to feel good And on Monday or Tuesday. I was going to look at the film and be like, look at that block. Wasn't that awesome? All of a sudden, I'm in the locker room and Philip and I are looking at each other like, how are we going to explain this? Like what happened? We didn't even know what happened with the snap. Like how did we drop it? Fireworks went off at the wrong time. His hand flipped over. I think I scared him with the kind of block that I was trying to do. And like for three days after that, we're like, how are we going to get over this? Like in the media, am I ever going to be able to go out in San Diego again? Can I go to dinner with my family? Are people going to throw things at me?
2: How do you get over that?
0: It was just, and that that was (laughs) funny. funny. Yeah, Yeah. that's, so what Philip and I were texting back and forth was, he's like, how do we even show our face in the facility?
2: Cause it's so public, you know, it's like, so, Oh, everybody sees it. Like, it's
0: Monday night football. Like, you yeah. screw up
2: all the time, but even, nobody's watching you on exactly. camera and talking about it. Even
0: all of our peers were watching. So if yeah. it were a standard one o'clock Sunday game, nobody's watching or just your community's watching and that's it. But like all of our peers were watching every center in the NFL was watching. Every quarterback was watching. everybody was watching. It was a huge game. And he goes, how do we even trust going forward? that we're not going to have that happen again because we didn't know how it happened. So we couldn't really explain it. It's like, we just have to get back to work. And then I was hit with this message that I still to this day try to impart to my kids. And this is part of the humbling nature of the game. It's I'm not as good today as I will be tomorrow. I'm not as good today as I will be tomorrow. And I say that all the time and it, it really allows a growth mindset. It allows you to go out and really stretch your boundaries and fail Because if you're not failing, like we fail in the weight room because the weight's too heavy, it's like, try it again, try it again. And then three or four times down the line, you're going to be able to lift that heavy ass weight. Mm -hmm. So if you're not stretching your boundaries, you're not failing. You're staying in a really safe place. And maybe that feels comfortable, but you're not growing. Mm -hmm. So this, if I'm, I'm not as good today as I will be tomorrow. It allows failure. It plans for failure. And then it also plans for success tomorrow. So every day I wake up, I'm trying to beat the day before. I'm not trying to beat the world. I'm just right. trying to be a better human than I was the day You're before. You're in competition with yourself. I'm in competition with myself and yeah. literally everything. It's like, I'm, I'm in competition with myself working out. I'm in competition with myself with how I eat. I'm in competition with myself of how much patience and my kids wouldn't even realize this. Like, how much patience did I exhibit today with my kids? Like there's a continual. <laughs> it's funny. I'm just, anyway. it, right? I'm just
1: talking to her about that.
0: There's a continual yeah. self-evaluation. You don't have to tell them about it. But it's like at the end of the day, oh, I didn't handle that situation right. Yeah. And I'm going to do better tomorrow. And you, and it, you have to make it hurt just a little bit. And that failure or how did I treat my spouse? Why was I short with her? Why was I? You know, why didn't I come at it with more tact? It's like, I can do better. I can be better tomorrow. And then if you both do that, and if your relationships do that, and you do that in work, wake up in 10 years and see how far you've made it.
1: Okay. No, I, I I agree. I think with Crystal and I, um, is we're just super transparent. I always tell people, like, it was funny you said the thing about each other. I always ask her, I'm like, what do you think about me? And what what's what is the thing that, that i don't know that everybody knows like that's just a really problem with you or whatever what should i work on and i want to know yeah like i want i want to be criticized i want to know because i'm like it doesn't bother me it bothers me that like i don't know yes Cause i want to i want to i want to you know i have i can change Cause if it. you
0: know you can work on exactly it. everything can be worked so on everything can be changed So that's
1: why i love about her is like when you're saying the transparency that's just so huge in our relationship Everybody's like, how do you work together? How do you live together? You guys are always together. And we did the podcast. I said, Well, besides, you know, you have a third-party counselor sometimes that needs to come in because we don't see eye to eye. It doesn't mean we're like fighting. It's just like we're not getting through this. Yes. He's like, okay, here's it on the table. Mm -hmm. It's a coach. Here it is. But I think just in life, if you can be transparent with yourself, that's the thing. Yes. And I think you're right. It's it's not trying to have these big swings up and down. For me, it's more like every day just making that step forward and progress yes and you might come back a little bit but totally. but your chart's moving in this direction you yeah know? so yeah
0: hopefully you like the stock market yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> continually
1: going up but you're gonna yeah. take little hits yeah. and
0: you're gonna go down you're gonna have moments where you're like oh my god i totally regressed right there i wasn't supposed to be doing that but i did dang it all right let's get back on track and don't beat yourself up too much and you have those moments where you you fumble the ball on Monday night football or you snap the ball over the quarterback's head or you gave up a sack and okay, good, move
1: on. Just move, yeah, move, and it's, move and on. it's and it's funny you're mentioning cuz you're like I think people, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's like we're always not everybody, but if we always tell people you should be trying stuff new that kind of scares yourself. Yes. Because that's how you grow and if you're not growing, you're kind of like to me, it's like, if I'm not growing, she knows that if I'm not growing and moving, like uh, it's a problem. Yes. Like, I start getting depressed and I need to start pushing. And it's, you mentioned about the speaking, like I didn't even like cameras. I didn't like my picture taken. I didn't like any of this. Probably what, two and a half. You put a camera in front of my face, it probably would have been a fist in your face, you You're know? Like, get, get out of here <laughs> with yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, And now it's like, you know, I've gone to my, in my head and it's like, get over yourself like if you're there just do like i've learned to calm myself down and just enjoy the process of it all like whether i'm doing you know the events we do or whatever so i was i was listening to you and it's like people just think you go from on this field in front of all these fans monday night football whatever it is and all of a sudden you stand in front of people it's a completely different game completely different thing
0: totally different I i was literally i had the fear of public speaking So every time, even sitting in a small group, like I would go to these player rep meetings and they were always in really exclusive spots, which was super fun. And we'd break out into small rooms, 12, 15 guys. And we'd be talking about just like loose topics. There wasn't anything serious at the time. It was like, we were talking about a supplement company that was sponsoring the NFL and, or the NFL players association was kind of working with, and they were paying a certain amount of money and I was like, yeah, but I don't want to take those products. I want to take other products. Like how can we make it easier for them to get in? And I realized like I'm getting super mad and aggressive right now, <laughs> and like almost to the point, like a child, you know, when they're trying to present something and they're being serious about it, like they start almost crying. Like yeah. that was, that would almost hit me all the time. And so I realized this, this hit me when LT LaDainian Thomas and our running back, who was our captain for my first six years with the Chargers, ended up leaving and going to the New York Jets. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking around the meeting room and like, who's going to be our captain? And I was like, no, wrong position. No, that doesn't work. Inexperience. That's just, you know, you could figure out, feel around the room. And it's like, I'm the center of the team. It has to be me. I have to be the captain of this football team if we're going to have success. And when I realized that, it was like, oh, that also means I have to stand up and present to the group in front of the room. And you want to talk about fear of public speaking, like stand up in front of some of the most intimidating humans on the planet that are also all alpha males. They also hold every single word that you say against you. Every weakness that you have, they're going to see it and they're going to try to expose it because that's what we do to each other as football players like i'm scanning bodies when i come into a room i'm like he's got small ankles and wide hips i'm going to cut his legs out from underneath him he looks like he's got some weakness there like physically i'm looking for weakness mentally i'm looking for weakness cuz football's really a game designed to let one man impose his will on another man yeah so when we take that concept into the boardroom or to the conference room and you're standing up and you're presenting to the team and you're nervous they know you're nervous and they're going to hold it against you and they're going to just come back and try to crush you at one point and so for me it was like i'm going to be the captain of this team i've got some work to do And so immediately I went to a Toastmasters meeting. Oh Oh, boy. Yeah. So I was like, where do I start with this public speaking thing? So I was like, I got to go to a Toastmasters meeting. So there was like 20 of us in there and they called on me and they're like, I had to ad lib something for, it was like 30 seconds or a minute. And in that room, I was just super comfortable because everybody was in there trying to get better. And I was speaking and I realized I can do this. It just like, I went to one Toastmasters meeting ever, but it hit me. I was like, I don't need to come here routinely. Like I just got the essence of what I'm looking for and that's growth and I'm going to be fine. Go out there and do this more and you're going to get better at it. And I did. I continue to get better and better and better at it. And to the point where now it's part of my livelihood and I, I love it. It's like I've reframed it in my brain. And I think what I've been able to do is take the mindset that I had Standing on the sidelines in an NFL game as the national anthem's playing, and I'm looking across at Ted Washington, who's 6'8, 400 pounds, and I'm going, Who is going to block that guy for the next three hours? <laughs> yeah. And realizing it Holy was me, shit. and it's like, Okay, we're gonna do this. And then going out, and you get all that adrenaline, and it's the time of your life, and you're so dialed in because seriously, I thought this guy could bat my head off my shoulders. I get that same surge before I public speak and normally for the first like 20 seconds it's like until there's contact in football then everything settles down and quiets down and you're okay but in that first 20 seconds of a public speech normally I'd be like I used to be super nervous doing this so thanks for having me this is super cool like I get to do this now and then once you ease into it and expose yourself make yourself vulnerable it's like oh we're all good here yeah like we're cool and then it's super fun and it's the same thing for me now that i can't play football it's like that's as live as i can get yeah is is speaking in front of people whether on tv radio here in front of a group it's that whatever, mindset again whatever it is yeah yeah
2: it's a i was I, I always get really nervous before speaking in front of people I'm better in small groups than with big ones yeah i i kind of comfort myself and say like, these people don't do not care nearly about what I'm saying as much as I do. (laughs) Like nobody cares. They're thinking about things or phones buzzing or whatever. Like I'm not that big of a deal. Like just get out there and do it. Just go. You know what? I
0: try to give people more than anything when I'm speaking is not Everyone has what they need in them. Everybody has the lessons from their life. I try to give them my energy. I think that's one of the greatest gifts you can give is take my energy. Like You're going to leave this, and you may remember one sentence that I said, but you will overall hopefully be infected with the essence of what I gave you. You will be able to take this energy and go use that, at least for a time being. And I think a lot of successful people, it's like you run hot for as long as you can, and then I need to get my batteries recharged by somebody else. So then we look for motivation. We look to the Tony Robbins of the world. And it's like, yeah. give me something so I can keep going. It's like, hey, you're going to be okay, brother. Keep going. Life's tough. You're going to be fine. Put a smile on your yes. face. Get back to work. Like, everything's cool. So just –
2: That kind of goes so much with the renegade thing, like how, you know, even in the workout class, just when you're tired and you don't want to keep going anymore and you look around and other people are working and then Maddie's in your face, like yelling at you to keep going, you know? But it's it kind of all kind of goes. It's very similar, you know. We're all looking for that little vote of confidence, that little nudge to keep going. Yeah.
0: Oh, they're still working. They're still working. I can keep going. I'm fine. And maybe you're having a worse day than they're having. Yeah. Or you don't know. Maybe they're having a worse day than you're having. So Philip Rivers once, we were sitting around a a snack table, we called it. It was the night before a game in a hotel in Kansas City. And there was about eight of us there. And he said, you know what's a really interesting game is if you write like one of the worst things that's happened to you in your life or you write your life experience and you pass that around the table and let everybody share. And we don't know where it started. We shuffled the deck before we handed these cards out. Everyone will be super thankful to get their card back at the end of the day. Like everybody's life has had tons of trials and tribulations. And so when you're looking on the treadmill, it's like, you don't know what I'm going through. It's like. You don't know what she's going through. You don't know what he's going through. We're all going through something. Yep. Like no matter where you're at in life, it's it's hard.
2: It is. I think all of our experiences are different for us. I was just listening to another podcast too about like forgiveness. I think it was the Schwarzenegger, one of the daughters wrote this book. And she was saying like some of these people's experiences, like Pablo Escobar's son apologizing to – all these families that his father hurt or the wife that was cheated on that had to forgive her husband, like the family of the Columbine kid. Like oh. there's just why I get goosebumps even thinking about it. But everybody's experience is so different. And it was traumatic and extreme for each individual person, no matter what it was. Yeah. So no matter what, we're all going through something that feels really important or really you know, heavy for us.
0: Yes, and that's one thing that has kind of come to me very recently is like trying to look at other people with a lot of compassion. Mm-hmm. Like we because we don't know, mm-hmm. like try to get into their life and get into their head. So when you're looking at them, they're not just another person passing you by in the car or on the phone or whatever. It's like these are real humans with real life experiences, and just be compassionate because you don't know what they're going through. Like somebody gets pissed at you. And instead of being like, back at you, pal, <laughs> you know, yeah. like you're driving on the car, yeah. you're on the street. It like, yeah, you want to blow up on me, I'll blow up at you. I, I've i recently taken the it's the like mindset. That, yeah. It's like, I feel, <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for you. Like, I feel bad that you're yeah. that mad. Like, yeah. I don't know what's happened in your life but recently. Me, That's what I say. But
1: me going 45 and you want to go 60, you're not really that mad at me. Like Yeah, yeah. it's not me. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's. I'm just happen to be the object that you're able to take it out on. So you're, I guess you're welcome.
1: And I'm sorry.
2: I try to yeah. pass that on to people all the time. Cause
1: Crystal's really, that's yeah. one of her strengths is like, especially yeah. for me is she's just can like, if somebody's really upset,
2: and, I can be like, that's not about me. They're going through something.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And in our business, okay, we deal with that. You know? we're dealing with a lot of, yeah. we're dealing with finances and monies and people inheriting properties or people trying to mm-hmm. steal money. And it just, it's crazy. And so, you're just getting somebody and sometimes it's like this person's upset and, and and work. I'm actually really good about it. Somebody's flipping off and I'm like, Hey, what's I just go, let's stop. What's going on in your life? Let's yeah. just put this aside and they're like this. I'm like, okay. So you're upset about that, but you're yelling at me and I totally understand and it's okay. I get it. But let's just calm this down and then this makes it will be a lot easier over here. You yes. just gotta like, you know, it's like yes. if we calm this down, everything else is gonna be okay. Exactly. But if this is out of control, everything's out of control.
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Speaking of that, recently I'm Going through like a loan process. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. You know what I learned through this process um, is you don't have to show them everything, dude. Like and don't come in too strong. Give them what they yeah. ask for. Give them and what they it. Yeah, that's, that's and that's what I've yeah. learned because yeah. the more doors I open, the more it's like, okay, well, we need to see the profit and loss from this business. We need see the profit. Yeah. Give me the K1 on this. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, just take one of the accounts. And eventually I was almost like, Right, I'll just pay cash for the damn thing. Like I don't, yeah. whatever. Like I was just hoping to free up some money. whatever like, not a big deal. And I chewed out the the loan officer. I was like, "This is ridiculous." I was like, "This is ridiculous." I was like, yep. "Do you also want to look at the visual prostate exam that i about to <laughs> wow. do? Actually, we'd like to see that. Yes, <laughs> I was like, "Holy yeah. crap!" I'm
1: like, "This is unbelievable." So you know, it's funny is, um, on the tie note, so. Sometimes we deal with a lot of complicated people have a lot of business. So I tell them, I go, look, I'm really good at bringing you down the road, but you got to tell me everything up front. Cause if you, you know, don't try to hide stuff, they'll find it. Then right. it's more work. So some people do that. And then some people just things just go wrong cause they're not up front and they find this and that. And like you get this and sometimes they're, they'll call Rose. I mean, they're upset and I call them and I'm like, I know they're upset. I like, I know you're upset. So I call and like, Hey, I go, so Nick, you're not having fun yet. And I just knock them out of the moment. They're like, what? I go, you're not having fun. This is, this is the part of the loan where it's fun. This is fun. Yeah, this is fun. You're upset. <laughs> I got those this paperwork. And so I, get, I go, look, you got to just laugh. So I tell people, well, you got to laugh. Right. This is ridiculous. Yes. But this is the world we live in. Yes. You know, everything was too easy. Now it's too hard and it's actually gotten better, but it's like, this is it. Yeah. So I always say this joke and people, I can snap them out of it. And I go, look, I get it. You're pissed. I've been doing this 16 years. I've had this conversation a thousand times. Like, yeah. we just got to get through this. I always but, tell
2: people nobody ever has fun doing alone.
1: Like, no, I, we don't, don't even do it. Like, yeah. I know.
0: That's what I wanted to say. I'm like, you are stealing the joy out of this. And I'm like, no, this is the part that nobody likes. And so then like back people to the- People literally think it yeah. like, ruins their life. Yeah, back like, to the mindset. You're ruining right? like, my life yes, right now with I'm this. trying to be conscious <laughs> of other people's, what their experience is. And then I get caught up in the wave and it's like, and I sent him a text. So if you got chewed out
2: by Nick anytime recently, yeah. it's because he's going through this <laughs> I'm event.
0: sorry, Ken. I apologize. So I, I sent him. I woke up the next day or I went to bed that night and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't. So it's one of those moments, right? It's like the fumbled snap for me. I'm like, crap, serious regression here. And then I wake up. I apologize. You, you're like, I'm stronger than this. like, come on. I apologize. You're better than this. Get back on. Everything's fine. Chip away at the. 20 items that they sent. (laughs) Yeah, right. Deep breath. The second 20 item list that I got sent in a week and a half. Hey, no problem. Going to handle it. And every time they're like, I swear, this is the last one. What? Sorry, got another one. Got another list for you. Last one. So So I
2: want to shift gears really quick to your supplement line. Like, how did this all come about? And
0: Yes. So, yeah, super cool. So basically, like, my philosophy kind of came to me through – the football experience. So I would play everything in reverse. I would go, have I done everything this week or this off season to ensure that I'm going to have the outcome that I want at the end of the year. Right. So if we're playing the new England Patriots this particular week, I'm going to put in a countless amount of hours. But if we're playing the Cincinnati Bengals, am I going to look back? If we happen to lose on Sunday, am I going to look back Sunday night, Monday morning and go, I took it, I took it easy on myself. Like I really didn't do everything that I should have. All of the programs that I had in place for myself, my game plan, study and all that, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Like the basic fundamentals, handling my business up until that point. So with health, the same thing, I I believe the same thing. It's like, are you doing everything you possibly can today to ensure a positive outcome down the line. So I want to live to be 100 years old or 95 years old, or I really want to have a long, healthy life and be able to witness as much of this experience as I can and enjoy my kids and their grandkids or their kids and maybe their grandkids if I'm lucky enough and be with Jamie and be able to not have her pushing me around and have me just, just, yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't want that kind of experience. Yeah. I want to be healthy. And so for me, it's like, eat as well as you possibly can. And then I happen to come across a supplement line that I really believed in that I started taking and that we were able to take and make our own. I didn't come up with the formulations. I just have taken the products for a long time and then we were able to make them our own. And we did that two years ago, but it's taken two years to really find the shipping, the fulfillment, the back end. So when wow. you place an order and it says, add to cart, buy, that in two days or three days, their order is It's actually more
2: complicated than it sounds. It's super
0: complicated. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And then this is just the start of it. So further into my health philosophy, it's like after losing the weight, my my number one thing as a football player is taking care of the brain. So if we can't take care of the brain, then we're not going to have a great experience no matter what. And it kind of comes back to that experience when my hormones were way out of whack Mm -hmm. and my brain was – just leading me astray, wanting me to go down to Nicaragua. We have to take care of the brain, but in order to take care of the brain, you have to be physically active. You have to be mentally active. So if you're not at a good, healthy body weight, which I realize losing the weight, if you lose one pound of body weight on your lower body extremities, your joints, your hips, your knees, your ankles, your feet, all of those joints receive three to four times less pressure and impact so wow. think wow. I think I lost eight, I lost 80 pounds. So that's 240 to 320 pounds that my joints <gasps> take less every time I put a foot down. So that's a massive that's impact huge. that you can make in your life. And so it came back to realizing I need to be at a healthy body weight. And so I have to get my gut down, which gut life is a, a super strong probiotic. So it's not just like a piece of sand that you're throwing into the beach. Like if you get a weak probiotic, it's not going to do anything. So get a really strong one that can really change the environment and the culture that you're trying to create in your abdomen. So lose the gut, gut life, take care of the joints and the joints can carry your brain to a really healthy life. Because the only way to, that we've scientifically, I'm not a scientist, that has scientifically been proven to stave off neurocognitive decline is physical activity when you stop being physically active and flushing your brain, I think with good oxygen and good blood and cleaning out the bad stuff, and that's the way to stave off the neurocognitive decline. When the physical activity stops, the phys- the mental decline starts. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of the concept of the whole deal. It's you take care of your gut, you take care of your joints, and your joints can take care of your body. And the foundation just really has elements of all of those in there this is more the more souped up version of the epa and the dha that is in this it's also got zinc magnesium essential minerals it's got a multi in there it's got a weaker version of the probiotic and it does not have the joint which i thought was a really important component to kind of tie all that together it's try to take care of these joints because when the joints start degrading well then you're really screwed
2: so you've been taking these for like the last two years, at least
0: last two years. It's like, it's yeah. funny. I wake up and I'm like, cool. I got my own pills. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would love to share them with people, but I just, we weren't ready as a business on the back end to mm-hmm. be able to do that. And we weren't Sorry. ready up until a month ago to be able to officially say, all right, when we push that button, we're confident that these things are getting shipped in a timely manner with the packaging that we want and showing up looking like they should.
2: So now it's it's for sale.
0: We are live. Yeah. We okay. are live. Hardwick.life is the website. So it's like okay. hardwick.com, but it's hardwick.life.
2: Okay. And it's online only.
0: Online only. Cool. Yes. Very cool. Maybe at a store near you soon.
2: Cool. Okay, oh, yeah. that's where I was getting at. Yeah, yeah. I, I would
0: We're, like. I
1: would like to eventually. So, did you go like in a lab to create these, or
0: no these These are pharmaceutical grade. These are created by a bigger company okay. who does hundreds of millions of pharmaceuticals. But a lot of times through medical practitioners, through naturopathics, doctors, osteopaths. So a lot of doctors who have their own supplement line they use the exact same company that i'm using so i know i was not in the lab creating these <laughs> i would not trust something that i created in the lab but i do know the efficacy of them just because i've taken them for two years you've been the guinea pig i but yes yeah. and, and that's how i like to do it i'm a really good middleman uh-huh. you don't want me formulating <laughs> business plans necessarily you don't want me formulating supplements but I do know what is good and what works. And that's same thing with Renegade. You don't necessarily want me writing your program, but I did understand the concept of it was just a beautiful concept. I did understand that the programming that Jamie does is at an exceptionally high level. And I do understand the environment that we're in in a, from a workout gym standpoint, in a cultural standpoint, that people need those gathering spots to get together to get more out of themselves than they could get by themselves.
2: Well, you, I would say that probably everyone says that you perform at a high level. You definitely do. So it's like if Nick Hardwick can perform at this level and he's taking these, then I think I should take them. And I think that's kind of why Kenny was like, after that podcast with you and Jamie, he was like, shit if nick's working out there five days a week and he looks like that <laughs> i'm gonna go there five days a week and see what happens yeah i mean it you takes know? time
1: I mean, but no yeah it does I mean, it and, and, really takes and, time and, and they are and the more i'm there it's funny because i was there and um as monty knows i don't really pay attention to what they say i just kind of look around what they're doing and i just do it and yeah. over time i'm just like that same way yeah, yeah. yeah. and then so i'm um, sometimes mac goes what are you doing i'm like oh i didn't even look i wasn't paying he's like dude do you pay no i don't i just kind of watch. So. Um, Louis <laughs> came I'll over. I the hang of this. Watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Luis I'm came over last Friday, I think, and he's like, he's like, "What do you think of the switch?" I was like, "Switch?" Because the switch. I go, "Dude, what do you taught switch?" He goes, "The <laughs> routine switch up." I go, "Is that what it is?" Because I was off. He goes, "Why?" I go, "I was like, God, am I just weak or what is going on?" Because I've been he's stepping been up. weight And he goes, Yeah, it's crazy, right? I go, Okay, I thought it was me. He goes, No, 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 dude. And then I was like, Matt, did we just forget about like, there's, I noticed in all these blocks, we just got no, there's no breaks, there's no recovery. He goes, Yeah, we're not going to do recovery. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So we're just not recovering anymore. He goes, No, I go, Okay, cool. Gotcha. So anything you can do to like, Yeah, I mean, maximize stuff is, I think, is, Yeah. yeah. But nobody knows this stuff. That's the problem is nobody's tried it. They're trying all this stuff. There's a lot of different stuff out there, you know? So there's
0: tons of different stuff. And for me, this is just the baseline, right? It's not, This isn't performance enhancing by any means. This isn't your pre-workout. This isn't your post-workout. Maybe eventually we'll get to start incorporating a more diverse product line. But I really do think if we just take care of our fundamentals, we're going to be at a really good place. Like so many people would go eat like crap and then throw in all these supplements into their pre and post-workout. I'm like, but that's not the whole idea. It comes back to the net positive, net negative. Isn't
2: it so weird? People go to the gym and then they go like – eat a donut or something i mean you just see that yes my mom's that person so she's like (laughs) she's like well i went to the gym i could just you know eat three donuts right now now like yeah no don't you want to like eat healthy since you did something healthy just now i don't know
0: you know back to the concept that you brought up about coming to the gym and let's stick with this and let's see what we can look like if we go five days a week and we really chip away at this i think that's why People love the kind of bodybuilding concept just in general, not at our gym, but just in general is because if you are so consistent and meticulous and pay attention to the details and you track your met, you track what you're doing and you follow the data and you pinch your body fat and you see what you're putting in, then you will get the results that you're looking for. And I think what it allows people to do, bodybuilding is a great place to start with it. And I think you can start at a pretty early age. I guess you got to be concerned with like kids getting erotic about food and stuff like that. But I think what it allows is you to understand that if you're tracking your performance and you're staying consistent with your performance, that real change can happen. And the body just allows us to see that. It's a very visual thing for us to go, okay, so if I put all that work in at the gym and I'm very meticulous on the back end with my food and my supplementation and I know what I'm doing – I can do that in regular life. Like when it comes to selling real estate or when it comes to investing, if I'm very meticulous and I track where everything's at and I do it on a daily basis and I don't try to make wild, stupid gains in a hurry, then if I just do a little bit better every single day, then I can make big progress and let's see where it has. And I think the bodybuilding standpoint is just, it's so easy to conceptualize because it's our body and we can see it physically and you can feel it changing.
2: Well, I I say that all the time, though, too, to Kenny. I was just saying, like, how you are in your personal life is kind of how you are in your business or fitness or health or however. You're not just like this one person in this one area and then you're like fabulous and everything else. It just kind of we all struggle. But I think kind of the way that you handle personal situations is the way you handle your business, too, or your finances or your health or any of that. It kind of says a lot about who we are.
0: You are who you are. Yeah. Yeah. You, are, you are who you but are. But if you can
2: kind of improve on some of those things, kind of like if you go to the gym five days a week, it, let's say your diet is terrible. It's going to start changing because you're not going to want to eat donuts five days a week after you've worked out. Yes. Eventually, you're like, maybe I'll eat an apple. Hey, I should check out that protein and like maybe I should yes. make a protein shake. So it kind of starts to at least cause that shift throughout other areas of your life too.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you kind of put your flag on the ground. And go, I'm going to make a change. And then you make one little change and you stick with that. And maybe you don't change everything else around you. And then for whatever reason, you're not making the progress that you would expect based on the effort that you're putting in. You're like, okay, maybe I do need to tweak my diet. Yeah. Maybe I do need to get more sleep. And Your then,
2: desires do start to change. Yes. Though.
0: And then as you start to make those changes, yeah they, yeah, they absolutely start yeah. to change. And then when you make those changes and it becomes easier, then you move, then on, to you the move on to the next thing that yeah. there's another box always to be checked.
2: So speaking of, um, one question is like when you and Jamie are going to make a cookbook, because all I ever hear about from Kenny is like <laughs> I know, I see you posted, dessert, but it's healthy. And I'm like,
1: no, nah, where you, are the you instructions for this?
2: Yeah. I need instructions.
0: <laughs> on my Instagram story, it drives JB wild because I, I take pictures of everything we eat, everything. And, but you guys yeah. eat so and it's really like, healthy like make and, a
2: damn cookbook already and the please. kids are
0: like what do you do with those pictures and i'm like i just post them for people to see them yeah i just i really do i just want people to be able to see them and i guess the next thing would be a cookbook but it's like one of those things it's like i'll get to it hold on i'm yeah. i'm working there i'm yeah. we'll we'll get there yeah. eventually we'll get there well yeah. it's
2: funny because i like i don't know pregnancy hormones and everything we've been talking about so i like i'm not a cook but then pregnant i'm a cook somehow i don't no know kidding. so i make stuff but then so i would make like brownies and cookies and baking and then kenny's like is there something healthy you can make so then i'm like looking and he's like well nick hardwick makes this stuff that's like dessert." <laughs> that's like, good on well tell me what it is and i'll make it yeah so i found like a handful of things but it is kind of crazy though now you're like okay well i actually can make like dessert yes with like dates and like like no sugar totally none
0: and the crazy thing is when you start eating yeah. like that your palate shifts
2: yes and it so does. when and i the sugar is like disgusting yeah
0: you don't want it yeah. you just don't want crappy food yeah and because i think you you're more conscious you're aware of what it tastes like but then two what's this going to do to my stomach and then is. Like if I have a big bowl of ice cream, is that going to disrupt my sleep? Because I got to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I'm, I'm not. I'm not willing to disrupt my sleep. Yeah. Like that. So then it comes back to like, what did I say? I wanted. I wanted to sleep better. So is that going to affect me somehow? Well, and there's this does, perception that,
2: that eating healthy is expensive and time consuming. No. So I think if um, you guys came out with like tips and tricks yes. of how you eat healthy and how easy it is.
0: It really, it really, but that's, no, that's great because I do think that's why people don't get involved in the kitchen more is like, oh, I have to go get this spice. So I have to give you this. No, you don't, you don't need anything. Or like
2: Kenny afterwards, I'm, we cleaned the kitchen. Jeez. Like that was so much cleaning after you (laughs) cook.
0: Well, that's what, so Jamie does all the cooking. I I'm like her sous chef. I cut all the veggies and cut the lettuce and do what I can to help at the beginning. And then I also am in charge of dishwashing.
1: Yeah, me yeah. too. Like I, and I
0: think don't. Up. As, I don't let. I don't want anybody to do any dishes. Like that's my job. Yeah. Get out of the way. Even when I go to somebody else's house, I'm like, Care if I do the dishes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. They're like, uh, Sure.
0: Yeah. Love for you too. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. yeah, yeah, do. Oh, I think
2: when you're not the cook, I'm the same way. I'm like, Let me just at least do the dishes. Like you yeah. made all this food. Now you're gonna. You can't. that. Yeah. That's not. Yeah. And way. I want
0: to be in the kitchen. Yeah. I want to be with you. Let like me be for helpful. me, the for me the kitchen's just everything. Yeah. It's like that's where we spend so much of our time. Well,
2: it's funny because now it's like even when you have people over it's like nobody hangs out in the living room anymore everybody's in the kitchen
0: be in the kitchen yeah that's why everybody wants the open concept
2: exactly yeah
0: well so, so you we guys definitely need
2: to start posting like so now that you post the pictures my next request is at least say I have this 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 and this because then Kenny will share it with
0: me he'll put I it in there okay. that's the hard thing it's like make a cookbook and I'm like all it is is veggies and lean protein Yes. that's it That's it. And now the the next phase for me, I feel like, like on a, and I know we got to wrap it up on a like conscious level is like, where am I getting my meats at? Like, where am I getting my, (laughs) where am I getting my lean protein at? And it's not like the game changers aspect. The Netflix documentary It's not that aspect, but it's like, I, it hit me the other day as I was looking at my dog and I'm reading this book called Sapiens, which is like kind of a, a brief history of mankind. And I'm kind of reading through this thing and it's like the industrialization and the commercialization of farming. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, and then it, it just like, for me, I've, I've probably consciously tried to put my blinders on to that whole aspect. And I'm like, I'm looking at my dog and I'm like, if anybody ever put him in a cage and strap something onto that dude, like we will fight to the death over that dog. Yeah. Like but we don't give other animals the same priority. So, like, for me, it's like, yeah, I'm not saying I'm going to go vegan or vegetarian or anything like that. But it's like, where are we getting these things? And are we using them responsibly? How are
2: they fed? How are they treated? Yeah. yeah. What's life All like for them? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we're not here to rule the world. We're just on the world. Right. are just a part of this thing. Right. Yeah.
2: But at least we could... Be kind and support the kindness.
0: Yes, yeah. exactly.
2: And I, and I we think about that and talk about that all the time too. is like, because um, of course now it's become there's like more of an awareness about this, like grass fed beef and pasture raised, and totally. all this stuff. I think there's a difference. Humanely and,
0: treated, exactly.
2: Yeah. yeah. So we've been looking at that. We eat a lot less meat. We don't eat very much meat now, but um, I don't not eat it. But you, I feel like we just said, I, if we're gonna buy it, I want to make sure that it's like. Grass fed, pasture raised, treated kindly. Yeah. Because that's the little part that you can do. Totally. In the world to support, you know, businesses that have those beliefs.
1: Exactly right. Yeah. So, So one of the last things to talk about is um, one of the things we're kind of passionate about or probably really passionate about is generational wealth. Yeah. Um, And I think one of the things that kind of like with a lot of people that I was, you know, I get attracted to certain people because they get it and a lot of people don't. And I think just like it's fitness or anything else, we just live in a world where people just go, 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 go. And we look at finances all day long. So I can really tell somebody by just looking at tax returns and bank statements and things just how kind of they are. How they're living, yeah. Yeah. And so obviously you were fortunate to be able to play sports for a long time. And, you know, during that time you get to make a decent amount of money. Some people make crazy amounts. Some people make enough. But I don't ever think it's about the money you make. I just think about what you do with it. Yes um whether it's spend it all invest it or do whatever what have you um just over your like when you started the nfl and then now you're out like did you have a mentor about the money and then where are you because we see so many people now that we read about or hear about and it's like how did that person makes so much money and then they're just broke and it's gone totally. like how did you kind of like how are you now today like where'd you get this philosophy from
0: so uh- I think it comes back to the marriage a little bit. Okay. Like without Jamie, I think I would have done some really stupid things like buy a half million dollar sailboat or for example, that was was on the docket at one point. She's like, you're an idiot. (laughs) Don't don't do that. But I think it also gave me the concept is like, we got a family. We have to take care of them. We want to put them at a better place than we are. I think that's the goal of every parent is to not set your kids up better financially, but maybe to let them have, a cool experience, like just have a really cool life experience. And so my philosophy always in the NFL and you hear these stories that you're talking about, basketball players, boxers, NFL players, everybody, like yeah, everybody, musicians that have just actors have blown crazy amounts of money. It also comes back to marriage is I think a lot of the guys that I know that are in or have had financial trouble, They ended up with a divorce or children out of wedlock. So when you think about all the money that I made during my NFL career, if I were to get divorced, I'm immediately taking a 50% pay cut. Not only that, then I'm paying child support for the next 12 to 15 years, and alimony on top of that. So good luck maintaining any semblance of financial freedom after a divorce or child support payments or children out of wedlock. I know some of the guys that I was playing with were – paying upwards of eighteen, twenty thousand dollars 20000 per child per month, right? So good, good luck with that because what the judges were looking at at the time was their salary at the time, and they had to, I think, legally assume that what they were making at 24 years old, they were going to be making at 64 years old. So they're – X or their baby's mama or whatever it was, was getting a paycheck in accordance with them making $8 million for the rest of their life or $4 million for the rest of their life. So literally just getting bled dry by child support payments, wow. alimony, and and the divorce settlement. Yeah. And I think that's just a massive hit. So a lot of guys that I realize that are in financial hardships is a lot of it is because of that. And Two, it it comes down to a lot of guys transitioning out of the NFL is brutal. It's also brutal for their wife, and they find new identities, and they may go separate ways, and then the finances become strained because of the divorce and, again, the child support payments. But for me, my personal philosophy was, one, never get divorced. So you, you ain't going anywhere. Okay, yeah, we're yeah. we're never this, – yep. this ain't Stuck happening. Stuck with me. We, we're here. <laughs> yeah. We're working this out, and I'm going to do my best to be the man that you need me to be. Two is don't live outside your means. And I've always understood this concept is that it's much easier to move up in life than it is to move down in life. For sure. Like to go from the outhouse to the penthouse is a really easy ride. To go from the penthouse back down to floor two, it's not so comfortable. So always live below even your means. So we were very fortunate in the NFL to make a ton of money and we could have been really reckless with the money. I mean, you could have bought, I could have bought a qualified for much bigger loans in the houses that we lived in for 10 years while I was playing. I lived in a 1500 square foot house on a 5,000 square foot lot. It was stupid expensive here in San Diego for what it really was, but it was as modest as I could possibly get in San Diego and be comfortable. And I think that's kind of the philosophy is let modesty lead, live in something comfortable, but not extravagant. And I do the same with my cars. I drive Subarus. Like I don't, I don't care. I had a nice car at one point in my career. It wasn't stupid. Nice. It was like upper middle class. Nice. And since then I've realized like what a waste of money that was like, that didn't do anything for me. I'm just going to come back to a regular car. And then what I always try to share with guys that are, or gals who are making a lot of money is let your investments dictate your lifestyle. So whatever this investment portfolio that we have, whatever that's spinning off and you're comfortable taking the salary off of that, hopefully you have it in a trust and you're taking a salary off the trust, that salary needs to dictate what house you live in, what car you drive, what school your kids go to, all of that. And you can continue to grow as that continues to grow but don't outgrow it with your lifestyle let your investments dictate the lifestyle and not vice
1: versa
2: we always say don't too don't like pull equity out of your investments to support your lifestyle
0: yes like
1: don't touch the principal yeah no. touch the cash flow touch the cash flow, the cash
0: flow. Yeah. exactly right yeah that's it's, right it's, let it's, that yeah. thing continue to spin off and to grow and even more i mean when it comes to saving it's like let's let that principal grow so we're not taking every bit of cash flow that we can possibly reap off of it like, let's take a small amount, continue to work on my end, continue to try to make more money and feed it into there, fuel our lifestyle, not even with the cash flow that's coming in, but with what I can make because I'm still capable of working and I still love to work. And I think it gives my brain a good exercise. So let's continue to do that and then allow this principle to grow. And that's a fun little game.
1: It really is.
2: It becomes addictive too. Cause yeah. like you said, I think we can get addicted to buying material things that give you 10 minutes of happiness. Yeah. Or you can get addicted to investing and, you know, making gains or, you know, like doing yeah. things that you didn't think were possible or adding value or oh my gosh. all of those things. And it's become, that's become more addicting to us. So it's like, okay, that's, that's where we spend our money is. It's yes. always like, what else can we buy now with this? Like, can, can I buy a bigger building? Yeah.
0: How can many, Years is it going to be before I can buy another property? Like, right. that's no. all I'm concerned yeah. with. It's like, I've we've recently invested in some commercial property and I can't wait to get another one. Like, yeah. so how quickly can we buy another one of these properties because they're so good? What kind
1: of stuff are you buying? Triple
0: net or yeah, triple net. So, what we're buying now is medical space, okay? And we've so. been in this kind of space for a couple years now. and a lot of our assets are going towards that. So there's a kidney dialysis group. I think they're out of Germany. That's traded on the stock market. It's called Fresenius. They're the leader in kidney dialysis and it's like a AAA stock. So we can also look at their books. We can see what they're doing and we can make sure that they're heading in the right direction as a business on the back end. We don't own the stocks. We own the building and then they rent from us. And so we can kind of make sure that the company's headed in the right direction. They have to be very honest, of course, because they're publicly traded with all of their books. And so we can kind of really judge how long we're holding on to these buildings based on what the company is doing. And I think it just gives us a lot of layers of protection coming in. Because when I was first in the league, I knew I wanted to get into real estate. I owned some commercial property up in Portland and for like, three, four years, it did really well. It was a little retail center, it was a five piece, and it was anchored by a sports bar, which was doing really well. And then in 2008, the economy crashed, and the company came to me, the sports bar our anchor tenant came to me and said, we could find cheaper space elsewhere. We're gonna start looking unless you lower our rent. I said, well, let me see your books. And they showed me their books. And so we kind of had a a moment where we could go, okay, we're either going to let them walk or we're going to lower the rent, let them stay and give them a little bit of a break. We gave them a break. They came back again like a year later and they said, can we get another break? And at that time we said no. And everything, it was fine for a little bit of time. And then I got a call from a real estate agent who said, hey, is the building up in Portland for sale? And I said, that's interesting. Who's asking? Who's asking? And he gave me the name of the guy who was asking. And I said, isn't that the owner of the sports (laughs)
1: car?
0: And so what he was doing was using the economy to drive down the the cap rate to lower the price. So so then he could get a small business loan to be able to buy it. And I thought, I'm getting out of this business where I'm looking at this guy's books. He can probably give me whatever he wants. In fact, he's given his CPA, whatever he wants. It's a cash business. Yeah they're doing just fine because they've got the, they had like uh, video poker in there. Oh wow. Okay. So they're getting all that cash, but he was hiding it all. He was giving me personal bank accounts. Obviously he probably had other bank accounts. And so at first we we're like, okay, the economy's hitting everybody super hard. And so we learned into the commercial real estate space for us. It's, I would much rather have multiple layers of protection and be, have a publicly traded company that we're dealing with rather than a private deal because this was just, I mean, what a learning lesson. We ended up being fine. It didn't crush us or anything like that. We got as much out of it as we put we into it. So a hustler, though. it was he fine, was like, but yeah. what a hustler. Yeah. And that was funny because when it came time to sell, cause we did, I was like, all right, I'm out. I, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. So we listed it. He tried to buy it. No.
1: Never like know. In, fact, in fact, I'm
0: going to let the other owner know what you did. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And now you're in too deep really to the community to even get out of that space. Good luck moving your center. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's not happening. Wow. wow that's interesting. Yeah.
2: Well, that's cool that you're investing in real estate. I, we do have some other clients that have, um, have bought into the dialysis centers too yes. that's like I, I hear we don't know a ton about it we're multi-family but mm-hmm. i hear that's a very big business and uh it's a very safe investment
0: sadly it's a good. very big business and a safe investment yes yeah because it means that people have a lot of health issues yes, yes yeah good, and, and good
1: cap rates good cash flow like good return on investment yes yeah For sure but we yeah.
0: also we also have invested in as limited partners a bunch of apartment complexes, other medical facilities, storage units. Like REITs or syndications REITs, or yes, exactly. Nice. Yes. That's smart too. So a lot of those. So in the real estate world, we're also really diversified.
2: So you guys are just looking to continue to grow your portfolio on that side too? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah keep it going.
2: Our goal is one property a year. That's kind of what we do.
0: And when you can do that, it just, and then it goes even faster, right? It's like an escalation. Because it's easier.
1: Scalable. Yeah, at some point when you have a certain- The machine starts working itself. Exactly right. You you get it, that's what I tell people, you get it big enough and you don't even, sometimes you don't even need your capital. It's just working itself. You Mm -hmm. can still grow with yours, but that's when it gets really exciting. Yeah, Yeah, at
0: some point you'll be buying buildings as fast as you can find them.
1: Yes. Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then when you do this, as you know, it's really easy to save money because there's that addiction for it, you know? Yes. So it's like, that's the that's exactly. beautiful thing. Yeah,
0: and, and then as a family, you've got your eyes on the prize. Yes. So when everybody's got this coherent goal, this is our Super Bowl. When we buy another building, like, we can have a great celebration. Yes. And everybody's moving in the same direction. Here's why we're saving. Here's why we're not Having UPS and FedEx and DHL show up on our porch every single morning because we're all invested in the idea that we need this property. And and if we can all agree that this is best for our family, then it makes it so easy because you do have a goal.
2: Right. Well, thanks so much for coming in. I yeah. know we, we had an like extra long podcast here, but –
0: we it was a awesome. lot of stuff. Yeah. Awesome. That we could fun. keep we could fun. keep
2: going, but I think we all have to go on
0: about our day. <laughs> yes. Cool. <laughs> well, thank you guys. Anytime you yeah. need me.
2: Awesome. Thanks, yes. Nick. Thanks or to... want,
0: me, or and, want me. And, and keep the time, supplements.
2: Where, where do you go to buy the supplements?
0: Hardwick.life. Hardwick.life.
2: That's yes. easy enough.
0: And check out the Finding Center podcast.
2: Yes. And I'll be looking out for the- And the where's cookbook.
0: the best place for people to find you? hardwick.life or or (laughs) on or on instagram at nick hardwick at finding center podcast at hardwick.life so all those i'm
2: sure if we go to your your personal instagram it probably has all and i'm
0: super i'm super responsive too on my personal instagram so send me a dm if you have a question just i'm i write everybody back cool Yes. awesome thanks for coming on cool thanks Thanks, thanks.
2: all right yay thank you Like, I'm gonna
1: buy right now. was no, yeah. like, All right, sounds good. He's like, did. Good, yeah. we're it's doing like- a
2: loan for a client that literally we're like, We need your updated bank statements. They went from having like several hundred thousand dollars in the bank to having five grand, and they're like, Yeah, we just don't feel safe with our money in the bank right now, so we pulled it all out. I'm like, Well, you can't really go along with the loan process right now. <laughs> oh, can you, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't really like send me.